the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, be with us wherever we are, so that we hear your word as a word of comfort for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, as I'm filming this, it's Thursday, and it's raining, which means I can't go outside. And being outside has been one of the great um, comforts to me during this time when we've been in quarantine. So being able to walk outside, I've been walking a lot more than I usually do. And noticing things that I've never even noticed before, like we had a lot of red buds. I had never noticed them. That seems kind of sad to me. And hearing the birds and just experiencing nature in a really different way. So it also made me think about our scripture today on the road to Emmaus. So on the road to Emmaus, they have two strangers. One is named Cleopas, although we don't hear about him really again. And this is the only time we hear his name. So there are two disciples that um, have, right before this, the women had been at the tomb. And they had said they it was empty, but they had seen Jesus alive. So these two disciples leave Jerusalem, which is kind of astounding to me that they just heard Jesus is alive. And they leave Jerusalem. Um, and start walking to Emmaus, which apparently is where their home is. And as they're walking, a stranger comes up to them and says, so what are y'all talking about? What's what's going on? And they incredulously say, where have you been? How could you not know what's going on? And that so reminded me of right where we are right now. If I was walking on the Monticello Trail or maybe walking around my daughter's neighborhood in Charlottesville, or even in our own farm, and talking to someone about all the things that have happened in our lives in the last couple of months, and someone walked up and said, what are you talking about? What do you mean a stay-at-home order? I would have the same experience of thinking, where have you been for the last couple of months? How come you wouldn't know what a stay-at-home order is? And would begin to try and tell them You wouldn't just go to the science, would you? You wouldn't just go to the economics or the financial. You would start telling them about how it felt to you. And that's exactly what these disciples do. They are very disillusioned. That's why they've left Jerusalem. They say, we had hoped. We had hoped. And they tell the story about Jesus as prophet. We had hoped. And their disillusionment is really our disillusionment. And I don't think it's wrong to look at disillusionment or disappointment. That is why we're given these stories in a biblical uh, perspective, so that we can look at our own disillusionment. So Bishop Goff this week, she does a weekly Zoom call for clergy, and sometimes other people are on the call. And this week she talked about some literature that she'd been reading about the phases that we all experience during a disaster or a crisis. You know, they basically document what's happening to people as that happens. And there is kind of an arc of the phases. And the first phase is kind of the impact phase, where something happens, we have a lot of grief and loss. And there's also a lot of heroism. People kind of do things beyond what they would usually do. There's a lot of courage, there's building together, there's community. Um, And really from the shock and impact, it brings us all together. And then there's another phase, which is kind of a honeymoon phase, they call it. I would, you know, I think Paul sent it out in his devotional. It's really something like an acceptance phase where you go, okay, all right, new normal. This is what we're going to do. We're going to homeschool the kids. We're not going to go to work. Um, We're going to work at home. Maybe you don't have a job now. How I'm going to look for a job that'd be different. How how am I going to adapt to this new normal? And I think we've talked about that a little bit too, that adaptability fatigue, because you're always adapting. 
Um, but but it's this phase of acceptance. All right, so this is what it is. I'll just get get on with it. After that, there's there's a disillusionment phase, which I think is what you hear in these disciples because they had a big impact. Jesus was killed. They never expected that. And so, you know, they joined together in community. They went into, you know, the upper room. And now they have these disciples that are in disillusionment, disappointment. And they're trying to communicate this to this stranger that they're walking with, to Emmaus. And when they do say this, you know, we had hoped. And I really started thinking about that. We had hoped. How many things have we had hoped? We had hoped that there was going to be a graduation, high school, or at UVA or PVCC or wherever you went to school, that people would walk the lawn. We had hoped that that would happen. We had hoped to be back to work by now. We had hoped that schools would be open by now. We had hoped that we could visit grandma or grandpa in their nursing home, or, or even worse, in the hospital, where we can't even go in with anybody that's, that's in um, any kind of care unit now. We had hoped to be financially secure. We had hoped to keep our jobs. We had hoped that um, that I wouldn't have to be faced with what to do with my life now. Uh, we had hoped to get married. You know, so many weddings have been canceled or postponed. That's such a disappointment. We had hoped to not be alone for the people that are trying to get through this all alone, that without any touch or companionship, we had hoped that that wouldn't be so. We had hoped that things would be different by now, that it wouldn't be lasting this long. We had hoped we'd be in church together. I mean, doesn't even passing the peace have so much more significance now that we're not together? We had hoped this would be different. There's also a part of ourselves that was maybe disillusioned all the way from childhood. I know I've heard people talk about this. You know, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up because you'll just be disappointed. So always stay in low expectations. Nothing good can happen. So even that is playing into our sense of abandonment or disillusionment that like these same um, apostles on the road to Emmaus are having. You know, Martin Luther, when he was talking about this passage, he said something that was very helpful to me. He said, in this, we see ourselves despairing in trusting in ourselves. But he adds to that, but God's word remains firm and will never fail. So we can face the reality of our disillusionment. We can talk about it. I feel disillusioned. I don't know what this is about. I, we had hoped this would be different. So what is God's word through Jesus Christ in this passage for us? Where do we hear Christ come in here? Well, Jesus tells them of God's promise So as these disciples are saying, you know, he was a prophet, he did mighty deeds, and then he was killed. Jesus says, okay, wait, let's go back. Let's go back to Moses. Let's go back to Abraham. Let's go back to all the promises of God that have been fulfilled in this Messiah. All of the promises that are God will be with us. God will come to us. God will save us and redeem us. Let's look at all those passages and how this Um, Jesus Christ fulfilled that as Messiah. And so he teaches these disciples on the way to Emmaus, the same way he's teaching us through them. And they don't recognize him until he is actually breaking bread. And as he breaks bread and blesses it, they recognize it's Christ, which is what happens to us in our 
communion service. Now, we haven't been able to have our communion service except at Easter. But this breaking of the bread, this ritual of morning prayer, this coming together to worship is where we see those promises of Christ in our life. So Jesus assures us as he does these two disciples on the road that he is not just a prophet. He is not without power. But he is the Messiah that is promised throughout recorded time to be our Savior. As Martin Luther says, we do despair in trusting in ourselves. But God's word that came to us in Jesus Christ, this fulfillment of this presence of God with us, is a word that we can trust. We cannot trust in human wisdom or human understanding of what's going on, but God's promises in his word remained firm and will never fail. So in Matthew 28, 20, we are reminded, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we are not to the end of the age. This is a a time in our lives that we will never see again. We don't know what this future holds. In 1 Peter, we are also told what to do with our disillusionment and our disappointment. What do we do with that? We have to recognize it and see where it is. But also 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. And I care for you. And Paul cares for you. And Josh and Dave and everyone at Christ Church cares for you, as do your fellow community members and people that God has put into your path. There's no getting around that. So I'd like to close with a prayer that's in the um, Book of Common Prayer that has really meant a lot to me during this time because it's simple, but it really puts all of this wondering, this disillusionment, this what do I do now, what does my future look like into God's hands. And I'd like to read that to you. This is another day, O Lord. I know not what it will bring forth, but make me ready. For whatever it may be, if I am to stand up, help me to stand bravely. If I am to sit still, help me to sit quietly. If I am to lie low, help me to do it patiently. And if I am to do nothing, let me do it gallantly. Make these words more than words and give me the spirit of Jesus. Amen. May the Lord be with you. Amen.